0: TalkLine Network Radio, America's longest-running Jewish broadcast network, the voice of the Jewish community.
1: Welcome to the podcast. And now. You're listening to TalkLine with Zev Brenner, America's premier Jewish broadcast on the air since 1981. Here is your host. Welcome back to the program. I'm Zev Brenner. Always a treat, always a privilege, always an honor to have former Professor at Harvard University Alan Dershowitz is with us. So thank you for being with us. How's things My going? Pleasure.
0: Thank you. Good, good. I'm with you.
1: Thank God. Thank we live in interesting times. There's never a shortage of of no. topics, right? So I was curious to get your perspective because the Jewish community is outraged. Others are also very upset about Ben and Jerry's and that decided to boycott uh, Israel, in effect, even though they're officially it's only Judea and Samaria, but they really wanted to boycott the whole country. Unilever, I think, mitigated at least to a certain amount. Generally speaking, I know, I'm sure you don't like boycotts, but what do you think about what's going on right now as far as the Jewish community say, hey, get rid of Ben and Jerry's from our establishments?
0: Well, I won't have any Ben and Jerry's. I took it out of my refrigerator and threw it away. First of all, it has four hundred calories. It tastes awful. Uh, Briar's ice cream is a lot better, and so uh, I don't think anybody should eat uh, Ben and Jerry's. Too many calories, too much money, and too much um, uh, <coughs> anti sentiment as a uh, as a, a flavor. flavor. Look, uh, Ben and Jerry are two disgusting human beings. They um, clearly. Um, uh, hate Israel. They hate their Jewish backgrounds. They're self hating Jews. They're the ones who wanted to boycott all of Israel. Uh, Unilever said no. Uh, and uh, um, now there are going to be lawsuits. I'm going to participate in some of those lawsuits. Uh, we're thinking of bringing stockholders' derivative actions um, against uh, Unilever to try to put economic pressure on them. I, I don't think Unilever wanted this to happen. But Ben and Jerry has a provision in their contract that they can do anything disgusting they want. You know, they also support other anti-Semitic um, organizations and groups. Uh, Black Lives Matter, which has called Israel apartheid and genocidal, has the support of Black Lives Matter. Black Lives has the support of Ben and Jerry. Ben and Jerry should sell ice cream and stick to selling ice cream. Just like I don't take seriously what any actors or actresses or... Hollywood folks say, you know, about Israel, I don't take seriously what ice cream sellers say. You know, they're so typical, I have to tell you. Um, People like Bernie Sanders, grows up in Brooklyn, um, decides he wants to save the world and cure the world of racism. So what does he do? He moves to Vermont where there are no black people. And uh, decides he's going to save the world from the safety of Vermont. It's such incredible hypocrisy. And so uh, we have to fight back. We will fight back. We will bring lawsuits, uh, and uh, we will make them pay for their very, very serious mistake. And let me tell you, it is anti-Semitism. Unless Ben Ben and Jerry boycotted uh, other groups, I haven't seen them boycotting uh, other groups, whether it be Cuba or or China. I don't know if they sell to China, but they haven't boycotted any other countries. They just focus on Israel. And, you know, Israel, even the West Bank, Israel offered to end the occupation in 2000, 2001, 2007. And the Palestinians said no. So don't blame the Israelis for there being an occupation. Blame the Palestinians. The reason there's an occupation is Arafat said no and started an intifada. And uh, and uh, Abbas said uh, refused to answer when uh, Ehud Olmert offered him everything. So don't blame the Israelis for it. And, uh, you know, the idea that you single out Israel, you know, if you're an Israeli, you can single out Israel, just like as an American, I can be critical of my own country. But if you're two Jews from Vermont who have had no history of any concerns for Israel or any Zionism, it's pure bigotry, pure anti-Semitism to single out Israel.
1: No, absolutely. Even though, by the way, I don't view it as occupation. Israel, this, this was land, even Jerusalem, Jer- we should have really had it in the 1948 war. We lost it. And this became Jordan as a new state, so Jordan had this land. So I view it more of administered well, territory.
0: Reasonable, reasonable people could disagree about that. That's a political issue. That's sure. a, an issue that reasonable people disagree about, but you don't have boycotts over issues that people can disagree about. Uh, why doesn't Ben and Jerry boycott the United States? They don't agree with many of their uh, policies, foreign policies, but they would go bankrupt if they boycotted the United (laughs) States. So they pick on a small country like Israel, where the hard left uh, hates Israel, and they are willing to join with the anti-Semitism of the hard left, Uh, but they have no principles. There's no single standard that they apply. And so we have to fight back, and we use the law to fight back, and... uh, I hope we'll do it successfully no, the way we did it with Air Airbnb. We fought back and we won. We
1: won. Well, here's the question, though. They've gotten their money for the most part, I assume, because it sold 10 years ago. They have an advisory board. So I'm not sure how exposed Ben & Jerry's are. They can maybe afford to do this because I'm not sure how it's going to affect their bottom line. I don't know what the details is. But so Unilever is the one to really go after. And the question, though, is, is they're a big company. And do you recommend the boycott that some people are saying we shouldn't just boycott Ben and Jerry's, we should also boycott Unilever products?
0: Well, it's very hard to boycott Unilever products, but it's much easier to bring a stockholder's derivatives suit. If you're a stockholder, if you own stocks in Unilever, you shouldn't allow your stocks to go down in value so that Ben and Jerry can satisfy their egotistical vanity and decide they, you know, want to boycott. Uh, The job of Unilever is to make money for its stockholders, not to decide that they are going to allow their subsidiaries to uh, have their vanity um, become more important than uh, the ability to uh, satisfy its uh, stockholders. So I think that uh, a stockholder's derivative suit is probably better than a boycott.
1: Probably, but it gets people feel good doing it. Boy- it's much harder to boycott Unilever. It's easier to boycott Ben and Jerry's because it's only one product. And I don't well, think. First
0: of all, Ben and Jerry's is a disgusting ice cream. <clears throat> I threw out of my refrigerator today, uh, Chunky Monkey. One of my kids was at the house and he liked Chunky Monkey. I tasted it. It was disgusting. <laughs> it was a kind of banana flavored, 400 calories, revolting. Why would anybody eat Ben and Jerry's? So. Uh, you know there are independent reasons for not liking ben and jerry's but the most important reason is that what they've done is anti-Semitic.
1: But here's the interesting thing, though. Like you said, like Bernie Sanders moved to Vermont, and he became a socialist or was a socialist when he moved. And here you have the owners of Ben & Jerry's. They're also in Vermont doing social justice. But for a company that supposedly believes in social justice, they charge such high prices for their product. I'm not even sure if some poor Jews or poor Arabs can even afford to buy Ben & Jerry's. So here they are talking about socialist justice and charging capitalistic prices. Well,
0: and look at what's happened. When you boycott Ben and Jerry products uh, in Yehuda and Shamron, who are you unemploying? You're unemploying Arab workers who work with them. The same thing was true with SodaStream. When SodaStream was uh, boycotted, uh, the result was hundreds of Arab workers lost their jobs. And there are many uh, Arab workers who are very much opposed to this uh, boycott. And so, you know, it's, it's, Israel's not going to change its policy as a result of a boycott of ice cream. So it it serves no purpose except to apply a double standard and to try to tell other companies and other people to apply the same double standard. And that's why we have to fight back to make sure this doesn't spread like a cancer.
1: I agree with you. But here, here's the interesting part. They're saying, well, officially, well, Unilever mitigate because they want to get rid of all of Israeli uh, territory as their franchise. But here you have a franchisee that has the whole Israel. The plant is not in Judea and Samaria. The plant is in the southern Israel. So here they're saying right. they they want them to close the plant, even though it's not, it's in Israel proper. And they, oh, we're going to have another plant opening up. And it, it's, the whole thing doesn't right. sound kosher. No, no, it's,
0: it's not. And, uh, you know, there are so many, so many problems with, with what they're doing, and uh, it, it, it makes no sense at all. And, again, uh, we can't sit back and, and take it. We have to fight back and make sure that they pay a price for their uh, arrogance and their bigotry. And uh, we can we can fight back legally, fortunately. We have the ability to fight back legally. I spoke today to people who are organizing some lawsuits, and I indicated that I would be happy to help out in any of these lawsuits, but, uh, you know, we we have to send a message. You can't attack Israel, you can't attack Jews without paying the price. We're starting a new organization of lawyers, you know, hit a Jew, we will sue. Uh, We want to make sure that if any Jew is hurt, physically hurt, hit, whoever did it is going to be sued, we will take away your car, we will take away your apartment. We'll take away whatever you own, but you're gonna to have to pay a price. You're not gonna get away with hitting a Jew and we have to tell Unilever and Ben and Jerry you're not gonna get away with boycotting nation state of the Jewish of the Jewish people. And so, um, I think I think in the end they will back down and if they don't, we will fight back legally and we'll keep them in court for good period
1: of time. Well, I hope so, but here's the interesting question that I have, Professor Alan Dershowitz. The Israeli company that has a franchise with Ben and Jerry's. Could they be sued? Will they have merit to their case? But here they are, they're not doing anything different than when they were awarded the franchise, and now they're taken away.
0: I don't know. It's interesting. Look, let's remember who the greatest enemy uh, of of Israel is in Israel, Um, and that is just read Haaretz. We, our, practically every article in Haaretz justifies the boycott. They support it. They favor it. And, you know, people talk about Israel being a tyranny. Here you have uh, one of the most influential newspapers in Israel uh, supporting a boycott that almost no Israelis support, almost no Jews support, but Haaretz supports it. A forward plays around with supporting it. You know, they always have, they're on both sides of every issue. But, if the Ford and Haaretz, uh dominated Jewish thought, then they wouldn't be in Israel today.
1: No, no question about it. Because isn't there a case, maybe you're familiar with it, I believe there was an Egyptian Jew who had either was a Coca-Cola or a Pepsi-Cola franchise in Egypt, and at some point they took it away from him. I believe he sued. I'm not sure if he was successful in getting any damages from the company, but that struck me as maybe a basis for the Israeli company doing the same thing because they're not doing anything different than they have. So it can, can a company just pull its franchise without any, without any due process or without any justification? I don't know. I don't know what the well, company there are,
0: there are lots of very good lawyers looking into all of these issues now. Fortunately, the one thing we have On our side is the law. We have uh, more than 30 states that have now passed anti BDS statutes. We have the federal government. We have the president of the United States, uh, the previous president, the current president, all saying they're opposed to BDS. And so um, we have to use all of that to our advantage and and prevail. And I I think we will. The American people don't want to see discrimination based on religion and national origin it be interesting to see whether or not um, Ben and Jerry's will sell to an Arab or a Muslim who sells ice cream in the, in the West Bank. Are they boycotting all of the West Bank or only Jews in the West Bank? That's the other question that will come up if there's a lawsuit brought because religious discrimination is illegal. There are a number of states, I think Texas is considering, the pension fund uh, divesting from Unilever. And there will be lots and lots of consequences. I have to tell you, I don't think Unilever likes this. I think they wish Ben and Jerry stuck to selling ice cream, but they don't. Um, and they violate their fiduciary obligations to their stockholders when they do anything but try to sell ice cream. That's their job. That's what they're supposed to do. And they're not supposed to get involved in, in politics. Um, you may agree or disagree with their politics, but that's
1: no, I, I agree with you, and they're in the business of making money. they have like, a responsibility to their shareholders. You mentioned about the states that have ordinances regarding investing pension funds and they shouldn't be investing in companies that or that that follow b d s if they do if a company like Ben and Jerry's that officially is just boycotting Judea and Samaria but not all of Israel proper, is that justifications for the states to enact these clauses with b d s where they can pull out the money from the pensions?
0: Yeah, I think that's right. And not only that, but if Ben and Jerry's got its way, they would boycott all of us. So right?
1: They but... would
0: probably boycott. They would probably boycott you and me um, <laughs> because we're uh, Jewish Zionists in the United States. Look, these are bigots. These are racists. These are anti-Semites. These are people who distinguish based on religion, based on national origin. They don't have the high road. They have the low road, and we have to expose them. We have to fight
1: back. And I think we should be also encouraging, aside from the lawsuits, our elected officials to pull out the money and pension funds that are vested in companies such as so Binance Jet or Unilever. That I may agree. be another way of going.
0: There are many ways of going, but we just have to fight back. We can't sit silently
1: by. No, I agree we should be fighting back. And I know there's also, you and I have discussed, Professor Dershowitz, the fact that you have today Facebook and Twitter doing censorship. And I know the president, uh, former president Donald Trump, is suing the big tech companies for censoring yeah. him and not allowing him to Does it have a basis as far as getting in? or Because I think you said on one occasion on this broadcast, they're private companies, so they can pretty much get away with doing what they want to do.
0: Well, they're not quite private companies. They get the benefit of Section 230 of the Communications and Decency Act. They can't be sued, so they partake in some ways of governmental benefits. Um, they have been working with the administration uh, on censoring certain things regarding medical issues. So it's going to be an interesting case. Uh, it's, a, it's a case of first impression. When you have somebody as big as these giant three big tech companies, Engaging in censorship. This is the first time in my experience, 60 years of defending the First Amendment, the first time I've ever seen the First Amendment used to justify censorship. <laughs> the big companies are saying, We have a First Amendment right to censor. Jefferson and Madison would be turning over in their graves if they thought the First Amendment should be used to close down the marketplace of ideas. But that's what's happening. And so, you know, we live in interesting times. Uh, There's a Chinese curse, may you live in interesting times. We are both cursed and blessed as an academic and as a writer. I'm blessed. I live an interesting time. As a Jew, I'm cursed by living in an interesting time. So we have to use every resource available to us, consistent with the Constitution, to fight back.
1: Now, are you helping former President Trump in his lawsuits against high tech?
0: I have, I have conferred with his lawyers. I've given them my advice. Uh, they've asked me to submit an affidavit um, about the First Amendment. So I may be called as a witness. I don't know. I'm not one of his lawyers. I gave it the office. I did that. I defended him, obviously, in front of the Senate. So I'm not his lawyer on this case. But uh, I'm very interested in the case. I'm following it very closely. I just wrote a book about these cases called The Case Against the New Censorship, Fighting Back Against Big Tech, Universities, and Progressives. So it's a big, big issue that I've been interested in for a long time.
1: No, it's an important issue because it seems to be getting worse. The other day, President Joe no. Biden basically said to the company they should be censoring anybody who opposes the vaccination. So uh, he's telling them they're not doing enough of censorship, basically speaking, and people are OK with it.
0: Well, I'm very supportive of vaccination. I think people should get vaccinated. I agree with that, the police, but, but do you have a right people. to
1: say different opinions or say maybe you there's some issues? whatever
0: opinion Yeah, you can express whatever opinion you want, and I don't believe in censorship. I trust the American people to make the right decision, the right judgment. You know, there may come a time when the government will have to compel vaccination, except for people who have religious or medical objections, but uh, we're not there yet. So let's hope that most people do the sensible thing and get vaccinated, and that um, I want to know when people are not vaccinated so I can make my own personal decision not to interact with them.
1: Yeah, but the point that I was making with President Joe Biden, he's saying if you have an opinion, saying there's some issues with, or problems with the vaccination, so those opinions shouldn't be posted and be taken down by the Facebook, the Twitters, etc. That's what I was referring to. So
0: No, I agree with you, and Google did that. I had a debate with Bobby Kennedy, the, former, the, the, the son of the former Attorney General, and he took a, a more skeptical view of vaccinations, and I took a more positive view, and YouTube took it down. And that was wrong. They didn't trust the public to uh, listen to both sides and make their own judgment. So I, I trust the American public. They have to make their own decisions. I hope the decisions will be in favor of safety and and uh, uh, vaccinations and social distancing and masks where appropriate. And, uh, you know, I hope we can beat this virus. But it's a, a terrible thing to two people I know, older people my age died. Uh, they were not vaccinated. This was before vaccinations. And, you know, Pekoch Nefesh is the most important thing in Judaism. And Pekoch Nefesh requires you, I think, to take a vaccine, uh, yeah. not only to save your own life, but to save the lives of those around you.
1: I agree Be you. Vaccine, vaccine, I just, like I said, I think there's, there's a bigger issue here at play is if an unpopular opinion should be allowed to be... And be presented. And that's unfortunately the case. We're, we're, we're
0: on the same page. I want people to be vaccinated, but I want people to have the right to oppose vaccination. And then I trust the American public to make the right.
1: Now, you're a lifelong liberal. And you, yeah. and you were, and you were one of the part of the Democratic Party, which I don't think exists anymore. That's as pro-Israel right. and yet could be liberal. I find interesting that groups such as the American Civil Liberties Union, they always used to really champion unpopular opinions. Yeah. Now will only represent opinions that they like. What's going on?
0: Well, the ACOU now stands for the Anti-Civil Liberties Union. The ACOU makes its decisions based on money based on how much money they can get from opposing Trump. If uh, Trump is on one side, they're on the other side. They have stopped being uh, a major civil liberties union. They are now uh, a radical left-wing defense of only rights that they support. Free speech for me, but not for thee. It's really terrible what's happened. Uh, The ACLU used to be a great organization. I was on the national board. I was proud to be on the national board. I used to be an annual contributor to the ACLU. I won't send them a penny now.
1: No, I hate it when they, when they defended Nazis, American Nazis, from marching in Skokie.
0: I defended them. I defended that. I defended that because I believe in free speech for everybody. But now they wouldn't defend President Trump's speech on <clears throat> January 6th. Uh, <clears throat> they say he should be impeached for making that speech. That's the ACLU. Nazis are okay, but President Trump making a speech in which he talked about peaceful and patriotic Dissent is not protected, not not something that uh, can avoid uh, impeachment. So, you know, the ACLU has been the wrong side of these issues now since Trump got elected, maybe before that.
1: I think I've been saying for a while. So you're still a Democrat. What would it take for you to say, hey, I'm giving up on this party because they're moving so far left and really anti-First Amendment?
0: I can't leave the Democratic Party as long as I have a chance of influencing them. I want to keep the Democratic Party Um, pro-Israel. I want to make sure that support for Israel is bipartisan. Um, I think that Joe Biden generally, uh, his heart is in the right place when it comes to Israel. And I don't ever want to see Israel become a partisan issue where only Republicans support Israel and all Democrats oppose it. So I'm going to remain a Democrat so long as there's any chance that I can influence the Democratic Party to remain pro-Israel. I said I would quit the Democratic Party if they elected as their chairman uh Ellison, who was a supporter of Farrakhan, and I helped to influence that decision, and he was not elected. So I can have an influence on preventing the Democratic Party from moving against the drill and I'll remain a Democrat as long as I can do that. If I lose that ability, then I'll think hard. But I, I wrote a book called The Case for Liberalism in an age of radicalism or why I left the left but couldn't join the right. I can't be a Republican because I support a woman's right to choose I support gay marriage. I support reasonable gun control. I support separation of church and state. I support many of the pre- of the precepts uh, of the Democratic Party that the Republicans don't. So, you know, I'll remain a Democrat as long as I can.
1: But are they receptive to you? Because listen, you can't go to Martha's Vineyard and other places, people. <laughs> Right, that you were lifelong friends and now angry at you because you dared to protect the First Amendment, dared to defend President Donald Trump and other infractions, I guess, similar to that. Look,
0: I'm, I'm on Martha's Vineyard right now, and we're living in splendid isolation, my <laughs> wife and I and my kids and my family, because nobody wants to talk to us. People whose kids I helped get into college, people whose kids I helped and defended when they were charged with drunken driving or marijuana use people who wanted jobs working for me, people whose fathers were uh, under investigation. I represented them all pro bono. I helped them all. None of them will speak to me now. It's pure McCarthyism. McCarthyism has come back to Martha's Vineyard, McCarthyism hit Martha's Vineyard very hard in the 40s and 50s because a lot of leftists lived here. Now the same leftists, their children and their grandchildren, have engaged in a new form of McCarthyism against me and others they think, quote, enabled President Trump. I didn't enable anybody. I defended the Constitution.
1: Is there a Chabad of Martha's Vineyard?
0: We're trying to build one right now. <laughs> I met with the new Chabad Shaliach just the other day, gave them a list of names. They're going to have uh, a meeting at my house. We're going to try to build it because the Jewish the Hebrew Center on Martha's Vineyard is a J Street Hebrew Center. By no. the way, the Hebrew Center of Martha's Vineyard has blacklisted me. They will not allow me to speak. The Chilmark Library, uh, where I spoke every year to overflow crowds, has blacklisted me. The Chilmark Community Center has blacklisted me. The Chilmark Book Fair, I wrote eight books in the last three years, has blacklisted me. So, you know, these, these radical left-wingers are more intolerant than McCarthy ever was. They are essentially Stalinist. They think they have the high road, but they're engaging in a new form of McCarthyism.
1: It's fascism of the left. Yeah. So
0: I fight back. I fight back. Now you do. You're you're a fighter. But but what happened
1: to all the other Dershowitz Democrats? Where did they go?
0: Uh, Where did they go? You know, a lot of them are still struggling with this. They don't know what to do. Uh, They're not Republicans. They don't want to support the excesses of the Democratic Party. Most of them, I think, and I am happy with uh, Joe Biden in general. I think his appointments to the cabinet have been very good. The sub-cabinet, not so much. But Tony Blinken is very good, and he's pro-Israel. Janet Yellen is very good. She's pro-Israel. The CIA people are generally good. They're pro-Israel. It's the deputies. It's the under-cabinet members that are problematic. But we keep an eye on them, and we make sure we expose whatever is going on, and we try to use our influence to prevent the um, nomination, Of people who are very anti Israel or anti civil liberties.
1: Are you concerned that America may embrace the Iran deal again? Because they seem to be. I am concerned. And they seem to be making a lot of progress.
0: Well, they're making some progress, but uh, Tony Blinken has said it has to be longer and stronger. And we'll see. I'm not ready to fight against it until I know what it is, but uh, I fought against it last time unsuccessfully, but we'll continue to fight against anything that puts Israel in danger.
1: Before I let you go, has anybody from the Democratic Party, whether it's a Chuck Schumer or a Jerry Nadler, anybody's reached out to you and say no? No.
0: No, absolutely not. Uh, The people in the Democratic Party who used to reach out for me, the Chuck Schumers and the Jerry Nadlers and the uh, others, uh, want nothing to do with me because they think I opposed and prevented them from impeaching President Trump. Look, I also defended President Clinton. And I would have defended Hillary Clinton if she had been elected president and had been impeached on the same grounds. For me, it's a matter of principle, not partisanship. But for people like Schumer and Adler, it's pure pardon, partisanship. So they don't want to have anything to do with me, and I don't particularly want to have anything to do with them.
1: But I think that's a change. It's a tenor of the times. They used to be different, even with those individuals.
0: Sure. But they've become part of... They won't criticize the AOCs. They won't criticize the Ilan They won't criticize left wing anti Semitism. And that's a great failing on the part of the leadership of the Democratic Party.
1: Well, listen, God should give you continued strength to fight for all of us, fighting for the just Haley, things. Uh,
0: next, next month, I'm having my second bar mitzvah. I'm turning 83. I'm going to read from the Torah. <laughs> So I'm fighting back. I'm going to continue to chase after justice. As I turn 83, I hope Hashem gives me the strength to continue to fight for Israel and for
1: just causes. We' well, many, many, have, I'm looking forward to. Is this Chazan uh, Yankee Lemmer, or Shun Lemmer going to be singing at your second bar mitzvah? Uh, no,
0: because it's up here on the vineyard. But, uh, you know, the Lemmers are my cousins, and uh, I'm very proud of uh, the Lemmers, both of the brothers. And um, But I go to Park East, and I listen to Chazan Helfgott. I'm a groupie. I'm a Chazanesha groupie. Both of my grandfathers are Chazanam. So I love Chazanesha music, and uh, I listen to it all the time. And I'm actually writing an opera based on uh, Chazanesha music and the story of a cantor during the Holocaust named Gerson Sirota, uh, who died in the Warsaw Ghetto. Uh, he had a chance to come to America. With his family, but he decided to stay back with his community, and he died a heroic death uh, during the uh, in, in, in the Warsaw Ghetto. So I'm working on a libretto for an opera based on that.
1: When's it coming out? Uh,
0: when when I have a little bit of time to continue <laughs> to work on it. Don't have to defend myself and don't have to defend Israel and don't have to engage. Uh-oh, we're, we're in trouble America. then. Thanks we have but to make sure, sure that it gets out. Are you going to have? Your- I hope so.
1: Are you going to have your mitzvah at the, at the Chabad in, in, in Martha's Vineyard?
0: There isn't a Chabad yet. So I'm, I'm saying, saying you're working on by, it. By then,
1: uh, you should have the Chabad coming up, right? Uh,
0: that would be good. We'll see. We'll see if we can get a Chabad here. I started, I helped start the Chabad at Harvard, which was the first Chabad at any major university. And now there are Chabads at, I think, 100 major universities around the world. I take a lot of pride in what role, small role I play in, in starting the first Chabad
1: at Harvard. I'm looking forward to that. By the way... Are you going to give the same bar mitzvah speech you gave when you were 13?
0: You know, I think I still remember what I said. And uh, uh, it was, uh, you know, I talked about Tzedek Terdot, and I've been pursuing that for the last 70 years. So I hope I have a few more years left. You know, the the, the, the important thing about Tzedek Terdot, people think justice, justice, should you pursue. But Terdot means really chase after because the struggle for justice never stays one we never ever achieve justice it's always a process so for all of my life i will try to pursue and run after justice i, don't, I know i'll never achieve it but i'll never give up trying to trying to find it
1: and you've accomplished quite a bit helped so many people helped israel helped the jewish community helped america uh, by fighting Look, for the, one
0: of the proudest things i did was help 9 people get pardons and commutations from president trump in the last days there are people who are spending Shabbos home with their families today, this, this week, uh, next week, the week after, because I helped them get a commutation and a pardon. So you can attack me all you want for defending President Trump, but if that helped me get people out to be able to spend time with their family, Pidyon Shibuim is the greatest mitzvah in Jewish law, and uh, I'm so proud that I was able to achieve Pidyon Shibuim. For so many people over the last several years.
1: Major accomplishment. And Sholem Bashkin also was part. Now, he was commuted beforehand. You have the same kind of door to President Joe Biden to try to get commutations at the right time?
0: At the right time. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, I will continue to try to get commutations for Jews and non-Jews alike. But obviously the people who come to me primarily are, are Jews, many of them. Orthodox Jews, several of them Haredi Jews, and I'm proud to help protect their rights and help get them freedom, and, uh, and I'm going to continue to do that as long as I can.
1: Professor Alan Avi Dersh, it's always a pleasure. Thank you for being with us. May God give you the strength to continue for many more years to come. We look forward to celebrating the second Bar Mitzvah on air. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. Good. And, and, and take, take care. And continue. Good Thank week. you so much, then. Thank you for being here with us. Hi, this is David Gabe, and you're listening to The Zev Brenner Show.
0: Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.
1: Thanks for listening.
0: For continuous Jewish programs, hawklinenetwork.com, or our 24-hour-a-day listen line at 641-741-0389. For past shows, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, YouTube, Instagram, and all major podcast platforms or jewishpodcast.org. Thanks for listening to thetalklinenetwork.com.